Okay, Dick Table, put it on the, the list. list. My big list. What about my sweat equity? Ooh. Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. Ooh. My, my, my sweat equity. Screw Jam. 95.7 on your FM dial. I love having hair. Woo! <laughs> For those who... Oh, Rick Flair, uh, friend of the program, Henry Hollingsworth, in the house from allday.io. Uh, let him hear your voice. Hello there, for the, gang. For the audio people, for the video people, uh, you can see that Eric Reginger has, uh, has sprouted a wig. Yeah, well, for our 100th episode, we both wore this, and today is my 100th episode wow. on Sweat Equity. Is it? Yeah. Dude, triple digits, man. Thanks for noticing, guys. How are you feeling? I noticed. I, I felt a lot better, but until nobody pointed it out. Well, you have control realized. of the sound effects, so if you want some applause, hit some applause, man. Yeah. Nope. That's, that's about right. Uh, no, 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 no. That's good. <laughs> that's about right. That's like a... Nope. That, that no sound, more tries. I don't think like a boner <laughs> hitting a wall. <laughs> I'm sorry! Uh, smoosh. Yeah. Uh, hey, baby, I'll be right back. Glad I'm important to <laughs> you. Shit, I, I need to turn the lights on. <laughs> um... <laughs> Couple of little things. Can you pull up the Morgan and Morgan and Morgan? Oh, okay. Yes, I will. Um, Hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll fill a bus for a second. Uh, the, the, oversight, the, if you want an app, that'll tell you. You're talking about this. Morgan. It's like bringing in Morgan to it. All right, hold on. Let's day. set it up a little bit. I was, Yeah, I don't know why we want to listen to this anyways. It's funny. Uh, oh. Obviously, Henry, Henry showed it to me. I think it's funny. It is funny, but Morgan, we, do Morgan's, we want to be the podcast that no, plays not, YouTube videos? It's national. Uh, yes. <laughs> For, and we also, there. this is an advertising spot. For Morgan and Morgan, uh, and Morgan but it's Morgan on YouTube. It's related, It's related, but I think it's just really funny. As How about this? The lessons about frequency and advertising, mm. they do it the best. I know Mor John Morgan's fucking dogs. I know he has two German Shepherds because they hit you over the goddamn head with frequency. I love so this much. guy, man. He's getting a smokable weed. Yeah. Slowly but surely. In Florida, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're in like they're in like Massachusetts. They're in a bunch of other states. I didn't. They started realize. here though, right? Mm -hmm. They have right. their own it's ad firm it's in like Orlando. All right, let's listen to it. I'm John Morgan of Morgan and 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 Morgan. So as my mom and dad would say, right before they tucked us in at night, Morgan and 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 Morgan. It's a family tradition. Pam Law, that's all. Morgan and 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 Morgan. Yep. I think that's. If you just want to say Morgan, that'd be great too. Kudos to the person that took their own time out of nowhere. That smoked enough weed to get through it. That's a year, man. That's a dedicated year of DVRing enough different channels to catch all the target audiences. No, unless they do it like The Daily Show. You know, The Daily Show has a big edit bay kind of thing, and it can extract anything on TV. Like, it'll do the transcript or closed captioning. For all the news stations, so they can pick out clips for the subject they're talking about. Look at you! Yeah. Really? This was yeah. done. That maybe. sounds like some AI stuff. This sounds like a big wig took We're care gonna, of this one. Uh, we could probably yeah. make that happen with uh, Otter. Otter.ai, not a sponsor. Morgan Morgan, not a sponsor of the show either. But uh, Otter, my new obsession with this app. I want them to be a sponsor. Holler at us. Uh, we are your case study for getting. It's a transcription app. I use it for writing content. I use it for writing long emails. And I want to try to work out a deal. They just came out with their 
uh, 2.0 version of their app. Mm. And it's the best transcribing dictation app that's out there. And it'll pull all the keywords. So after this episode, our keywords are usually like, it's going to be Morgan. And like, yeah, well, this one will be Morgan for sure. will be one of them. But for content writers out there, it's amazing. For podcasters, it's amazing. So uh, Otter, holler at us. I want to, you know, I want to work something out with we you. We want to represent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm asking a girl out please, that doesn't want to date please me. Please, otter.ai. <laughs> we'll watch Take our phone back. until your app does something for you to communicate with us. The other thing, Oversight, was the app you were telling me about before we started that will tell you if someone is using your camera. Yep. Right? And your microphone. And your mic. And so it's proven work, working through Livestream Studio. I'm using my laptop now. You can see if you're watching the video. And then when I hooked that thing up, it gave me a little alert that said, hey, somebody's using your... Uh, video screen there and i was like it's okay because i look good <laughs> it's okay it's just my hair yeah you don't uh, recognize i gotta take this hair off though it's hot Other, hot hair yeah it's, surprise, it's, not, it's look, surprising that you have that much heat when there's not much else to wear yeah i think you look sexier i think you look great <laughs> don't get me wrong now it's like sad dad stripper guy I it, well sad dad with no hair this doesn't work out for me. I don't know what I'm going to do. You look like an understudy in Thunder from Down Under. Yeah. True. Or pe- like puppetry of the penis kind of stuff. You look I like haven't you're saved up for my roids. You look like you're about to go do a play underwater. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> you're the butler. It's pretty perfect. In Shout out, and then we'll get into it. Uh, shout out to Livescribe. I, uh, this is my Bluetooth pen notebook. I hit him up. A little piece broke. I've had it for three years. So I like writing on pieces of paper. They sent a free pen. Uh, Ooh, Siri button in here. Keep going. It's free pen. What happened? Free pen. Sorry. Threw me off, man. Um, they they gave me a free pen because I just emailed back and forth with them. That's like Zappos kind of customer service. That shit goes a long way. I told them I'd give them a shout out. Um, yeah, I've noticed a lot more of that, actually, of the people calling for digital uh, goods and things. Yeah, so it's the thing of like when you think everything's bleak uh, as far as like no customer service age, I, I actually think there's a lot of uh, e-commerce sites like that or, you know, if it's a physical product like this that's, you know, in that $100, a couple hundred dollar range, they will work with you if they're kind of smaller. Yeah. Right? Well, they, they, it's they coming back to... around. They're realizing you can't just shut it off and then hopefully, you know, things will work out and maybe you just get new customers and those old ones, fuck them. They well, don't really do that much anymore. It's something that's going to dovetail on this, this topic for today that it's the lifetime value of a, a client, right? Even mm-hmm. if I didn't have a podcast, give them a shout out, they know that I'm more likely because I'm already a zealot for it enough to email them and go, hey, is there anything I can... Is, can I get this plastic part and fix it myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, you're going to have to buy a new one because that's their stock answer. And I was like, uh, I probably won't do that. I'll just go to your competitor. Uh, no, I'll just try to, f- I'll try to figure it out. But I use this every day. It, it's, I didn't know how much I use. This is as important, I guess, to me f- as like having a phone in a lot of ways because I'll write every day. Yeah. Um, and then it syncs up on the app and stuff. So I have all my notes wow. handwritten. Um, and it makes it into type, right? Also. Yeah, and editable if, type. If my handwriting's a little bit better. That pen there, right there, does. So you write it down. You go on the app, and then you can swipe the page, and oh it'll it'll transform goodness. it all into text. He hasn't given you this spiel yet. I, maybe I Henry? heard it originally, but by golly, it seems unbelievable, doesn't it? <laughs> and you got it for free. By golly, we sell this yokel on one of these. 
It, it's uh, I ain't never seen so, nothing like so that. So this is Bluetooth notebook paper. Uh, and if you wanted to record from your pen, you could Dude. do it there. So it has like a little menu to tap on. Oh, you my. see, and then there's a Bluetooth little laser in there. What? Yeah, laser. on the on the pen, and then it looked like a lot of people think this is just like a badass pen. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like a found. I, it's definitely not like a Mont Blanc or whatever. A Walls of Blanc. If you have a Mont Blanc pen, dude, just but go people fuck think off. It, a lot of people think I do. <laughs> like this is a nice pen, so right. uh, it kind of fools Man. them. Is it a stylus on the other side too? No. No, no, no. I, so you put a USB thing, oh, whatever the smaller the USB charger to I charge see. it up. That's respect. Bluetooth connects, syncs, all that stuff. Man, what if your notebook had to charge too? That'd be pretty crazy. Integrates with Evernote and OneNote. Um, dude. So yeah. So for me, it's it's such a big part of my life that I I probably I used Otter.ai to write the spiel to them and say, hey, here's all the things I use it for. Blah blah blah. And they actually listen and said, we're like, we will do a warranty since you've had it for five years. Dude. Yeah. Yes, sir. So anyway, the reason that's important is because that is they're going to keep me as a customer for a while. Right, there's no competitor for them really, Correct. except not doing it, which is most people's number one competitor. Yeah, uh, but that's like a dynasty yeah. fantasy league. But does right? your, does your okay. pen? Have, yeah, does your pen have enough ink? You have you can get eight cartridges. All right, so they don't let that happen. No, yeah, you can't just fill it with your own ink. No. Own prison but it's ink. Not, Sounds but like it's, a life lesson there. It's not a switching cost. There. It's not like a uh, an upsell thing. It's like five dollars for eight of them. It's yeah, it's a special inky thing that won't fit in other pens. Right. So they need it needs to be custom. I mean, there's a lot of technology but squeezed it, into that not, little pen. It's not like the air purifier company I used to work for that we have in the other room that the deal is it's expensive and then they get you on HEPA filters for the rest of your life. Dude. That are seventy five dollars. HEPA filters for life. Yeah. But it actually works. I'm just saying like Hashtag. that that's the model for them. I get you. Right. Um and that's a lot of models for a lot of businesses. But I would say I wanted to kind of sweep that into Henry, you didn't know what we were going to talk about. You just kind of were strolling in. We're like, why don't you join? Uh, we wanted to kind of talk about fantasy baseballs coming up. I don't know if you're a fantasy guy. I don't think you're much fantasy sports, dude. That's correct. But that's good. Thanks. Because it's we, good. we are. It's, it gives yeah. you the voice. It gives the voice of someone who isn't. Dude, I got perspective. So you can kind Call of fill nerds. in a lot of holes and questions because we, you know, you can get into fantasy stuff like, Fucking the biggest As Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. <laughs> the biggest Dungeons and Dragons nerds of all time. Yeah, like it's a, and it's a stats game, which is funny. So we were right. talking about we need to talk about how digital marketing is a lot like the analytics of it is a lot like fantasy baseball or any fantasy sports. Well, yeah, because I was preparing for our upcoming draft on Thursday, and I remembered thinking back when you and I first started working together, and I was stupid, and you're like. Listen, jackass, it's like fantasy baseball. And I was like, oh. And then you laid it out and you made some correlations for me and I, I put it together. I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about. So, But it's a really good way to explain things to like dudes who are into that sort of thing. So I'm always trying to find a through line. That's where stand-up helps me become an excellent communicator, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of every woman I've dated. Naturally. Uh, uh, but like... I'm trying to find something that you're into that I can go, oh, shit, okay. I know he's really into this. This is comparable to that. Mm. Like, if you were into, um, uh, like, a video game, like Halo or something like that, there's a lot of stats with that when I used to play it. I don't, I don't play video games anymore. But I try to figure something out. Like, there's usually some kind of thing you're into uh, 
H Town, H Town. I was getting caught between Hank and H Town. Sure, Hank Town. Um, that uh, I'm sure I could find that connection to tell the story. So you, it's almost like a mnemonic device to teach it. Yeah, for know? sure. That's uh, a big part of being a communicator is getting the the stuff churning in your head out so that the person that's hearing it understands it. A transfer. Most people, yeah, most people understand what they want to say, but they right. can't say it in a way that gets it across. Right. You need these tools like fantasy baseball correlations. These analogies. And analogies. you can use taxes because everybody knows taxes a, a little bit, but that's, that's not, not going to stick. And it's an well, instant downer. I'm just joking. Yeah, but, I don't know yeah. my taxes. But you know what I'm saying. Like You could find this general thing For sure. that you can go, all right, you know how you know there is taxes, right? Let's For sure. Try to start that way. For sure. Or you can go, okay, what is this person into? Let me see if I can find a through line. Uh, I yeah. pride myself in telling the story of like, I taught a 65-year-old, like, C-suite guy, executive, how ad, ad placement works online. But I, I looked around his office and saw this golf shit, and I was like, okay. It's like where the ads are is like sand traps. And you're, you're, when you, your website's important that we need to make for you because if you want to be a media site, the site we're making for you, you want to be a site that gets – Add revenue from clicks. So <clears throat> consider those sand traps, and you're building a Robert Trent Jones course. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh." And Robert Trent cut... Jones known for a lot of sand traps. No, just known for course building. It was oh. the only reference I had in my in my in my kind the of the only golf cart golf course architect you knew. It's like him and uh, who's famous? There's famous Craig, Arnold, Craig, Palmer. Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Of yeah. The old guys. Um, what's his name? Jack Nicholas. I think designs yeah. a lot of course too. That's. Well, I think maybe that's what I was. Getting. It doesn't matter anyway. The. F- I'd rather pick Robert Trent Jones because it's more specific, and golf guys know that. Yeah, that's more inside baseball golf than just Jack Nicholas. Yeah, but it builds more trust by yeah. using that that more specific reference. Plus, it's I think deeper pull specifics sure. funnier to me too. Yeah, always. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, so I I feel like uh, uh, we have a lot of talks with a lot of people, and Henry, you do this on the website analytics side because it's similar. Right. Sure. Um, and I always try to go look for everything online. There's an offline. Yeah. Uh, like absolutely. Like kind of business 101. So right. if you have a website, that's your retail store. Right. Or your office. Right. For sure. And you kind of treat it. Um, I mean, as you were kind of explaining, I think websites and kind of the online offline feel. You you handle it the same way when you're making. You're tracking, all right, so a heat map, for example, on a website, and we've got better tools today, but a heat map is a thermal image view of your website landing page with red where the mouse goes most with with capturing most people's sessions when they land on that page. And so where it's hot, it's going to be interacted with content, and where it's blue is going to be very cold and not very used areas of the page. And so I would do that. I would explain it that way, the professional way. And then I break and go, it's like uh, the CDC put out a map for Zika. Yeah. And I try to find exactly. like everybody kind of remembers that. I go to that. the Weather Channel, right? The temperature what, map during better, summertime yeah. in the weather. That's channel. more palatable. Zika. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave an impression though. Well, because that, that's my personal experience. <laughs> so, sure, like, I, sure. I, I know your website like a virus. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, it, it depends how you look at yeah, it. You're gonna give it a virus. But you're what? just trying to put the visual in their head. But of like, you know, right. this is. You may find more target areas and random spots right. and that's what it's going to help. With. Right. And so that's the online and then the offline. You're right over there. 
Yeah, I'm just that, playing with the cameras when you're not looking. Uh, that's the online feel, and then the offline is a translation, right? So you related an example a minute ago to golf, right? That's kind of your offline translation to the internet. So in this case, the offline translation of like how this stuff works is like, okay, so they're not interacting with this corner, which is blue, but this is where the main call to action, where we want them to click is, they're not getting it. So like, we gotta reframe our minds, put ourselves in their perspectives and say, what am I trying to achieve if I'm this person on this page with this background, right? Yeah. And so you literally like put yourself in a place offline trying to do something physical in the real world and then try and solve this problem online. Like it's the only way to do it. So whenever you're trying to explain anything online, I think you have to find those offline examples just to just to because it's not technical, right? Like the technical piece like makes people glaze over immediately. I think we need to do I and design specifically for you is big. I, and I have trouble explaining the ROI of that. That yeah. I was about to say, we might have to do like a serialized like podcast, like uh, just a series of just breaking down an ROI of design and yeah. all those things. We should, man. We're gonna have to table that because yeah. we'll never get to I can this kind of thing. Summarize. I can give a quick version. Of Go that for if it. You want. So I think. I think where we are today with technology forces design to be one of the final components that now is so important. Like, we've fixed everything else, but now we're in an instantaneous world where we can serve up something very quickly on a phone from anywhere in the, inter in the internet and world, right? So, like, all of that data has to be organized. It's got to then be put into, we call it a user experience, but when someone goes onto Google or goes into the place where they're trying to find out new things, they have a very limited amount of time. They're probably only going to spend about three to four minutes even trying to solve this goal before they try a whole new method. Mm -hmm. And so you've got that period of time to say, okay, let's break this out. Like the, like the you know, show 24, right? Like let's break down every minute of this and like literally walk ourselves through it. Design then becomes important just for the same reason I give the analogy of walking into any offline store, like walk into a mall store, um, a shoe store, a, a car store, anything. You have a user experience. You've got to be guided. That's all design, man. It's just design translated into a 2D digital format and soon to be more than that. But it's immersive, just like our real world. And so designing it just allows us to guide them without them having to think about it. It's all intuitive. And so it's it breaks down to even spacing, hierarchy in content. So you've got big, smaller, smaller. And then that's organized in a way where people can find their flow, just like they can find a sidewalk. Let me, let me do a cheat code. Ikea. Work. Yeah, perfect example. Layout of Ikea. Perfect it's example. It's designed. Uh, it, they know... Why you're going there? It's a destination retail store. Yep. Once you get in, it's hard to get out. <laughs> it's a labyrinth exactly. like Zelda. Exactly. Uh, and there, there are shortcuts. And the more you pay attention and slow down, you can find new ways to navigate that are for more advanced users, right? I mean, there's a shortcut like to my get mom, out of there. Mama you, Smith told yeah. me, go through the exit and just walk through that shit. <laughs> get a cinnamon roll <laughs> on your way through the exit. Dude, there's always a hack, And go man. through the cash out and just go through the back uh, and get the stuff. Don't walk through the retail. That's you it. know it's a box. Like, That's it. You know why they call it Ikea? Because every time my wife buys something from there, I say, you buy something else from there in Ikea. <laughs> I don't have the soundboard. <laughs> I'm laughing. That's cold. That was oh, my that, own soundboard. It's actually funny. I just, I'm a dad joke. I just, Trust me. I know. I, I say it all the time. <laughs> I know it's funny. <laughs> I did you just don't ever get to give it <laughs> no, back to me. I, I did the shtick back to you. Yeah. I a good joke. I just can't. 
it. All right, so fantasy fantasy sports. I yes. I'm always surprised how big fantasy football and and the other fantasy sports are. Fantasy baseball is fantasy football is like its own thing, you know. That, well, they're different games. Yeah, and it's a lot easier. It's not as intense as fantasy baseball. It's very passive. It's a passive. Right. Uh, it's it, you only have to pay attention to it once a week usually. Um, yeah, if you ignore fantasy baseball, you're not going to win, and most of the other ones. But fantasy football, you know, my wife was a four-time defending champion, so that's all you need to know. That your league's terrible. And no, has, it has no, she's a badass drafter. I'll give no, her that. No, I know. Terrifying. I'm just shit. Uh, it's just a matter of like she's not reading Roto World like I am and keeping up on things. It's just like. Oh, I'll just play the best guys, and it fucking works. Believe it or not, because we think we're geniuses. We do analysis paralysis. We have analysis paralysis. You exactly. overthink it. You can't relax, and you do too much research. Exactly. Oh, he's got a high ankle sprain. What does that mean? Yeah. Shit. Uh, Od o Odell Beckham is being very sassy lately in the news. I don't think he's going to have a good game because of that. Like. Where's that doesn't matter once you start playing a lot right. of the time. Yeah, exactly. He'll have like the amazing one-handed catch for two TDs or something. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He's like one of the best in the league, and I don't know why I think I know more than them. Right, know. and so less is more sometimes when you overdo it. Exactly. Now. Anyway, I would say for those who are maybe nodding out like Henry is <laughs> about this analogy, 14% of Americans, here's the fun fact for the show, 14% uh, of all Americans play fantasy baseball. We're at 14. That's 14%. pretty high. I'm surprised. That's yeah. my lucky number, so it means something to me. Oh. We, there's, I'm going to say... Mm, How long have you I'm had that lucky number since, since you were I was born, 14? Man. May 14th, son. Oh. Count it. I'm going to say uh, that pro that's probably like 4% really play it, honestly, because it is a thing you can sign up for, fantasy sports, because you have no skin in the game unless you bet a lot of money with yeah. your buddies. Most people just that another passive thing to do when you have your coffee, get yeah. in the office in the morning. Not me though. I'm diamond level, bro. If you go on Yahoo, you'll see me. I'm top ninety nine percent. That's that's hard Dang, to do. That's billboard numbers. Yeah, what, what, I is, know. what is diamond level? It's um. It means I'm like the best in the world at fantasy baseball. Oh, cool. Wow, cool. That's a leaderboard, all right. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, whenever you go. Law's acting like it's dorky, but yeah. if he was diamond level, Super he'd be saying that same shit. That's but how you ain't. You might as well call you Diamond Dallas Page. Did you put that I like on, that. Did you put that on LinkedIn or like? Uh, I'm going a, to. Is that a certificate or a reward? Damn, that's I'm a afraid start. that I because I think if I, I'm like Digital barely start. above Diamond level, so if I lose like week one, I'm like back down Dude. to platinum. <laughs> Jobber ass platinum <laughs> it's level. It's tough being platinum these days. Isn't platinum better than diamond? Uh, Not according to Yahoo. What about gemologists? Like getting a record. Like I got a gold record. I got a. Platinum record. Anybody ever gotten a diamond oh, no. record? I think diamond, diamond's number one. Diamond. I think diamond, diamond is number one. Diamonds yeah. are forever law. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, De Beers, um, <laughs> for making up engagement rings as a thing. <laughs> hey, the best advertising of all time. Um, what did What did Ron White say about the De Beers people? Uh, I'm gonna let you do it. Yeah, let's oh, finish man. it off, Henry. What did Ron White say? <laughs> Get the camera on you. Oh no, I can't. Uh, I'll do what I do for law, and I'll hover my finger oh, over the fail button. Oh, no, I can't remember. He couldn't remember. Man, you put me on the spot. They just zapped you out did of it. there. You brought it up. I yeah. know. I was hoping law was going to pick it up because he used to stand up before Ron White, so I just thought he had that one in the book. Uh, oh, I, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to you know, fluff opened, you up a little more bit. more of a setup. I opened for Ron White once in Atlanta. and Just one time? Uh, yeah, but I got to I got to talk to him in a cigar event when I worked for the aforementioned air purifier uh, company. 
Um, on the rocks? Um, Did you have a drink on the rocks? Or no, he was straight? doing like a meet and greet, and mm. I was like kind of the last guy in line. Nice. And to just say what's up, hey, yeah, open the for lingerer. You. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was I like, want to spend real time with you. Ron. I have a super creepy picture of me like bending over, like, ha. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to take a picture, like, with the He's, like, photographer away, there. Like, He's signing shit for everybody. Oh, and I, I just wanted to, like, kind of say, hey, I open for you. Uh, thank you for letting me do that a couple of years ago. Blah blah blah. I remember the I remember the joke. Can I okay, do it? Okay, here, let me get my button ready. All right, cool. I flew here in a pack of gum. <laughs> I love because my joke. manager don't didn't mess have a them globe. Up. Don't the, mess them up. The, Henry's the, in the zone. The De Beers people have come out with all of these advertisements that make women feel like diamonds. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds. Di- isn't she priceless? Diamonds. How about they just come up with this new slogan, Diamonds? That'll shut her up. <laughs> Actually, not bad delivery because he's slow. I thought he was going to speed that up. He went slow. You did it? Yeah. I was going to push the button no matter bit. what, just so you know that. And then you, gonna... you missed the tag, though. That'll shut her up. I know. Pause, pause, pause for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my whoppers went down by that. You're right. I did miss um, it. Yeah, he, take, he takes a drink. I'll tell you, him. that was blue collar comedy circa 2000. What do you think? Uh, 2008, no, 2006. Yep. And uh, 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 yeah, I was I was total recall man. So 12 it's pretty years, good, man. Tw- what, Twelve years of recall. Um, so, uh, pre- total recall. Total You're recall. like the Quado. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, I've embraced that as my so new nickname and username. Fantasy. So fantasy sports. I'm always surprised it's so big because it is a stat. It's a math league game. It's a stats game. Yeah. Right? It's I like, don't ever have to watch any baseball to actually be diamond. Like, I can just look at the numbers. Do you well, watch it, baseball? How often do you watch the baseball? I watch you, a good you bit of baseball. About? But not. The, how often do you fantasize at the baseball that you don't actually watch? Oh, all the time. <laughs> so, what's fun about it is uh, it, it is kind of where we live, where we're not enterprise level digital uh, kind of strategists. We're more in that small to medium sector. And when I say small to medium sector, I mean like medium could be a uh, hundred million in revenue for a company a year. Like it can be over a hundred employees. Some people don't know the delegations, you know. Uh, and small to me means you make over a million revenue a year. Uh, local, like under me, that. is that what you just said? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is like it's like. Doing that kind of work at the enterprise level, you have all this market research. And you have yeah. to go through all these people. The beauty of the fantasy sports stuff is it gets your mind thinking about um, what it's, it's a little bit of gut of, of picking a team and reading just enough, not too much. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you're not going to have the resources to, to. There's so many baseball players. Like you literally, you can make that a part time job if you really right. want to get into roto world stuff and like. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say Roto World, I don't know what that okay, is. Okay, so Roto World is like a website that specializes in uh, Roto is like the old term for rotisserie. rotisserie baseball leagues. That's how they used to do it, where it would be like you have your team and it just counts all of your stats the whole year and then gotcha. whoever when it, the, the scoring's weird and complicated. Sounds, sounds cool. Roto World is just a site that took that Got name it. and they Got do it. news. Do they, have, do they have an annual 
conference called Roto World Con. They do. But not I'm Ro- sure. Yeah, they definitely have fantasy sports conferences. Fantasy events. The, the NBA does it. The NBA has uh, Daryl Morley. He's a he's a stats guy. So what's interesting is the Moneyball uh, kind of crowd, and that's kind of where I wanted to get with mm. this. I didn't want to get too nice deep into like Jonah Hill Moneyball crowd or the real Moneyball crowd. Real Moneyball crowd. Got so it. the the Houston Rockets uh, owner um, or GM. He might be the owner. I don't know. He's the GM. He's a big stats guy where a lot of people aren't. Um, so Moneyball, I like to talk about a lot. Moneyball is great because it goes, look, you know, in baseball, average and ERA. Mm-hmm. You have baseball cards growing up, I'm mm-hmm. sure, right? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those are, those are your two KPIs if we're doing digital, key performance indicators. Those are what – those were the uh, kind of keystone stats we look at for every pitcher or batter – and go, okay, this guy's good or this guy's bad, right? For the most part. Mm-hmm. But simplified. What moneyball yeah, but I'm saying from a from a young perspective, that's kind of how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Or home runs or whatever. Whatever you RBIs. Very basic bitch stats. How about that? And then what Moneyball does is goes, those stats aren't the best <laughs> indicators of the, of uh, a good player at the right price. So it's about budget meets figuring out a management of a team and going, hey, you know what's better? Kevin Euclid gets walked a lot. Right. And he gets on base. It's more important to get on base. Yeah, they took the batting average and they said, that's not the only way to get on base. You know, you can get, it, it, they have on base percentage for one thing. You know, they, they looked at that because all you got to do is get on base and somebody knocks you in. It doesn't matter how you got there. And he's an ugly looking player. Like he Euclid's, was the ugliest. Yeah, disgusting dude, I looking. I hated that guy. He played his Boston. batting stance. Yeah. Me, he's always had his knees together. Like he had to take a piss. So it fools <laughs> you too, because you think this guy's gonna be a meat hitter. Like you, totally. he looks like a grimy like. He looks like the bad guy in all the baseball movies. He looks like he looks like he works on a loading totally. dock. Grunting. Totally. Yeah. He, he runs a loading dock before he plays baseball. Kind of guy. Like. Yeah. You're like this guy <laughs> looks like all he eats is dip. Like. <laughs> 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 and so, and but it's a trick almost. It's not. It's just how he found out how to make it work for him. For sure. And so, what the deal is? It's about undervaluing a lot of players by your perception, your confirmation bias. Mm. This guy looks like a badass athlete. It doesn't mean he's the right person for the team. And so, when you start looking at stats, it was they found out in a ba- really basic sense. It was more about for batting. It was more about getting on base. And moving people around, right? Mm-hmm. And then for pitchers, it wasn't about ERA. Uh, it was about how how quick, what is it? How many pitches for an out? Oh, I don't know. Something I didn't like actually that. read the book. Well, it, it's something like that. To the that idea is that you, do, you need 27 outs. So there's guys that pitch. They might not strike out a lot. Right. But they create pop flies a lot of the time. Right. So, uh, so They're while, still getting an out. Right, like right, they don't right. care. Like they're gonna end that game, because and they might do it more efficiently out. too. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so Chad Bradford, who was a submarine pitcher, right, uh-huh. looks ugly as fuck. The A's, they go, we're gonna trade for this guy. Uh, we're gonna get this guy. He's gonna fit our this like hodgepodge kind of. Yeah, they were doing a thing. Yeah, uh, they would get guys that so you'd bring them in, and they look completely different than another p- pitcher does. You know, a submarine right. guy, that ball's like rising as it comes at you. His or they have sidearm guys. His knuckles are literally almost on the ground, 
as he's throwing. Yeah. So, so there's just deception. But he it. can't throw heat. Right, 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 right. Right? right. He's a change-up guy. Uh-huh. Uh, but that part is one aspect. Right. But the more important part, so that's almost like the gimmick. That's like the magic trick of this player, right? He played for the Rays, I think, for a minute. Yeah, he did. Um, cause the Ra- We'll get into the Rays because they took Moneyball and then did something on top of that. And so uh, so he would get a lot of pop flies because it's coming from underneath, I think. Yep. And the way that velocity works yep. with a lot of people, it just it tends to create yeah. more outs. Well, no, they're going eight innings seeing a regular pitcher where the ball most of the time is coming on a downward plane. And then you have to switch up your eye level and your swing in itself, and just that, and just swing, changing your own swing is going to make you. And in baseball, if you have the slightest miss, miss hit, you're out. Like right. mm-hmm. unless you hit it the way you want to hit it, like they're going to get you out. And so we, when these players, the whole kind of system for them is is surrounded by stats to make their contracts better. Right, right. So if you're a GM and you're like, all right. I think I've found these gadget guys because I have a $40 million budget where the Yankees have 125, right. mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. Right. And they ha- where football is socialist, everybody has the same revenue sharing. You have the same cap, uh, wow. the same budget to deal with. That's why the Patriots are amazing. Right. Because uh, they do the same thing. Sure, sure. They just find their guys that are like a white wide receiver in the slot that is handsome. scrappy. Yeah. Better be handsome. It, Preferably Jewish, uh, mm-hmm. scrappy, and can take shit over the middle. We're gonna burn them out in three years. Yeah, and then when they're awesome and they leave and they suck because they're all messed up from getting drilled. Right. But uh, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. Yeah, go down the line. I, like they they have this this way of doing yeah. their personnel. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what's cool about that is fantasy baseball. It it, it mirrors the real money ball strategy in a way because it really looked like. Okay, when you play these uh, uh, fantasy baseball, you usually have like 10 stat categories, and you really have to find a strategy of what you're going to do for a team. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go, I'm going to punt power from my batting, and I'm going to go for the three other categories that Mm -hmm. stolen bases, average. So that it's a fun way to get your brain going. But in the other sense, um, uh, was to say, with the extra 2% is a book that no one's really heard of. Uh, but it's one of the best business books you ever listen to, or uh, or, or read. <laughs> Shows you how or you read. read. Uh, if it if it has an audio book, I recommend it. It talks about the. I listened Rays. to four books today. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of I audio books. I love saying that I read a book and heard it in the car. Like that's the best. <laughs> that's the best. I thing. listen to so much podcast and audio books. Yeah. I think my brain defaults to all that. But it, sure. it's uh, it's an extra two percent. They go Moneyball is great, right? It it has a huge form and function for being an anomaly, being an underdog. And I know we're, we're heading on the end of this episode, but uh, the extra 2% basically goes, Moneyball's awesome. You should apply it. It's not going to work for every... If every team does it, it won't work, right? Because right. if everybody uses the same style, it's not going to be useful because your competition... If the Yankees start applying it, they're just going to get a better profit margin out of their team. Well, I was thinking, you know... For entrepreneurs, you need to think of yourself more like the Rays, who they don't have that budget, but they're going out and they're doing homework and they're right. doing stuff for like, you know, if you're a, a small business, 
and you put in the time doing your own keywords for SEO totally. stuff, and you can put in this time totally. to get results the same way as the person that's you know got a totally. huge corporation that's your competition, and they're just dumping money into totally. it like the fucking Yankees. Totally. The, you know, it's it's the same if they idea. Could reap any of the benefits of that big money research, just like you're talking about with the digital game, I, mean, mm-hmm. I think it's all very transferable. Like, there's a knowledge base of people who are putting the money in to see what works, what strategies and tactics are most useful. And then, like you're saying, there's the smaller businesses, smaller teams that are, like, bringing that in-house team enough together to where we'll figure it out inside. We'll find Necessity breeds innovation. Yeah. Right? And so they had to figure it out. Right. Or they're just going to be another... Yeah. It's going to be a new owner bought the Rays. And it's a really interesting story. Half the book's about how the Rays built a stadium before they had a team. And then it was used as pivoting by every other team to have a new stadium. Yeah. So it's like the dumbest thing in like sports kind of arena building. Sure. Uh, but um, that aside, it goes into like ownership. The owner before used to be cost cutting guy, Vince Namoli. Um, yeah. And that doesn't work all the time either. It's good for a consultant that comes in like he used to do. Sure. Comes into a big corporation, cuts the fat. Yeah. You need that guy, but that should be, that's what the Yankees need now. That's a guy they, that comes in, need, does that, and leaves, not always stays. They need the bobs from Office Space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk to the customers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I'm so, a people person. <laughs> so what the extra 2% talks about is if we can get a 2% advantage on our competition, that's everything. That's all we need, right? And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do Moneyball, the analytics, mathematical side, but we're also going to do it with management too. So you have to look at from just a, like a, take a, take a step back. We call it uh, for shorthand, t- take the mushroom camping trip that you want to do and get real introspective and really try to think about uh, your business or whatever. Well, how about this? How about taking a step back, which is what well, mushrooms will do. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, and... Uh, what the Rays did last year, if you pay attention, like they started using openers, which is basically rather than having a starting pitcher, they have one of their best guys go out and just get the first three guys out, and then they're out of the game. And by doing that, usually the best three hitters on the team are going to be one, two, three down the lineup. And Henry this, Johnson. when it first came out, everybody was like, well, how is this going to work and all this stuff? And it was just a matter of stepping back and saying, do why why are we using these starting pitchers for seven innings and then you know piecing it together from there? Like, what? Who says we have to do that? Is it in the rule book? Right. No, Baseball's it's not. So legacy built, right? And, and people go, you have to do these rules that are unwritten. You yeah. have to have a pitcher that pitches five innings, or else he's not going to get his win or whatever. And then it's like those days why? are over. Why? Yeah. Why? Exactly. So you, you take a step back. You go camping. You go. Why are we doing shit that way? Why don't we try this? Why don't we just try it? It can't hurt. Exactly. We're we're the small guy anyway, right? Yep, so the the thing about it is is an extra two percent. It's Moneyball plus management still matters, right? So Moneyball was saying, "Fuck all those scouts, fire all those old fat guys that just travel around in shitty Buicks and eat fast food all day and all that shit." Yeah, it's and all based go, on their feelings, right? They go, "This guy's a five tool athlete." Right, blah, right, blah 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 right. blah. They're just looking at it. He's a pretty horse, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in fact. He might not be the best player. Like David Justice at 39 was the best for the athletics at that time because they could get him on a deal. Yep. He could play center field. And he got on base. 100 games a year probably. And then they had Nick Swisher who could fill in when he got hurt. 
and he was an unheard of kind of guy at right. that point. Anyway, right. so management style, what I think is really interesting is the Rays go, we're going to do a strategy where when we draft, we're going to get – this is a management style I tell everybody about. Human capital, the biggest cost, the secret cost in business. People don't understand that. I think we're going to start doing our own services as an offer to clients as like using ad campaigns to hire people because why, why, why not do that too? If right. we're doing your ad campaigns to bring in customers, because a negative hire it, or a bad hire is negative, two hundred ninety-eight percent ROI. Negative. That's almost negative three hundred percent if you hire poorly, right? So why not wow. hi, hire slowly, fire quickly, kind of thing. So um, what they say is the management style is in baseball. You go single A, double A, triple A majors, right? You draft a guy, Scott Casimir. This guy throws heat. So what we're going to do, instead of having four different managers, and you can think about it, this like middle managers in any office space situation, sure. this is the way I do it as a boss. That's bullshit. And that's how you get these guys that don't have a track. Yeah. Right? They're getting told four different things on yeah. the way up. Chick-fil-A, you work there as a as entry level. They have a track for you the whole way, and they they – it's called radio noise when you get different bosses doing it a different way. And what happens is he learns it this way. Then this other manager wants it this way. Cause he's got to put a stank on it. Yep. He thinks that's the way for him to get up the, the chain, right? Like programmers do this a lot. I got to write my own code in there. I got to make it unique. And it's like, no, you don't bitch. All you need to do is go on GitHub and find a template and then adjust for that. <laughs> right. You don't need it's to do it from the ground. Ego. Up, right? Right. right. And so Casimir is the, the interesting one where, they get him. He's a fireballer, strikeout guy, badass. Uh, we're going to hone what you're best at at the entry level at, at single A. We're going to make sure that fucking fastball is bitching. And it's almost undeniable because you're always going to have that anchor as mm -hmm. an employee for us, Makes right? Sense. Yep. And you, that'll give you self-esteem as well, uh, which pitchers, they have this, they're crazy. So you have to kind of watch their mental part of it too. For sure. In double A, we're going to work on this curveball. And in triple A, we're working on this pitch. And then when you get to the majors, we're going to make sure it all kind of fits together mm -hmm. in, a, in a combination. For sure. And that you can handle it. And I think that's so interesting because what they would do is they – first off, these guys would go up a lot quicker um, as far as their development to becoming a legit player. They would keep them in the minors longer. But if you look at the time where they become legit, mm -hmm. it's faster. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so – we would get these guys, we'd have a roster of five starting pitchers. They're all badasses. They're 25 yep. years Getting old. Getting paid less than a million dollars a year. Amazing, right? Amazing. And then we'd find... And then we trade them. And then we burn them out. Yeah, we use the shit out of their arm, and we burn them out, and then we trade for more picks and kind of keep doing it. And that was an amazing real look at, that's how you do that, I right. think. Right, right. And they know the deal, too. It's, it's not program. like they were like, you fucked me, bro. It's a program. I mean, it's a program to success from the younger person's perspective because it makes them a franchisable little entity. I'm getting a business boner thinking about this because it so, it's so interesting to find these anomalies uh, and they go, we're going to be a disruptor within something that's public, too, right? Because everybody thought they were crazy. Yeah, they literally have radio stations dedicated to criticize your moves. And they apply, Imagine if they had that for a bit. Well, I mean, I guess they, we are kind of doing that. But, they, apply, mm. they apply Wall Street strategies to it. So they took a strategy from some other world and applied it to this world. And not everything, obviously, right. but uh, it's, it's all about undervaluing and then really just using horse sense and going, all right, 
how should these guys really move up, right? And you should use that for your own personal development as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself as your own GM of a team and go, all right. Find like, out your strengths. LeBron did it, right? He would add a piece to his game every year, yep. even though he Correct. was badass. And then he'd get this post-up game, and you're like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah, totally. Dude, are you? And mind he but he was mastering go- another part first. He was and a- when he was a master, and he's working on the other stuff too. Right. But he's going back, and that's easier to work on. You maintain that, and then you can add the new stuff in. He was already the best player in the league. And then he was like, oh, I'm just going to be the point guard now. Cause yeah. <laughs> I'm basically just going to bring the ball right. down the court. Right. You don't, I don't, just give me the ball. I don't need to pass it. Right. So, all right. That, we went a little bit longer than normal, but I like that because yeah. I don't want to cut equity. it short. I'll say that I learned, you guys did a great job of transferring and translating baseball, and now I understand it. And now Henry gets baseball. Anybody in my baseball league, I'm coming for you, bitch. I'm right here. Diamond level. Yeah, I'm talking to you. SweatEquityPod.com. Check it out. And hit that post. Hmm.